Hello again, friends. I'm Tamara from A Girl in the Middle, Titus to mentor, encouraging women to love God and to love well her home and family. Today is another Marriage Monday, a series of blog posts, podcasts, and conversations with you about things I've learned in the past almost 32 years many of which were years of crises in our marriage. Today's topic, saving myself and my marriage with my words. God's instruction to speak boldly. Acts 18.9 One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. For I am with you, and no one is going to attack and harm you because I have many people in this city. So Paul stayed in Corneth for a year and a half, teaching them the word of God. Don't keep quiet. Here we find Paul on his second, I think, missionary journey, and he's in Corneth. God had given Paul instructions to not keep his mouth shut. On the contrary, he was told to speak boldly. And Paul did just that. And now... One and a half years later, he's being taken by a large group of Jews to Gallio. These Jews were hoping he'd throw the law at Paul for teaching about Christ. Acts 8.13 This man, they charged, is persuading the people to worship God in ways contrary to the law. The risk of obeying God Knowing there would be a fallout because of those who were surrounding him, he still did what was right in the sight of the Lord. Oh, I I just love, I love what the Lord did here and how he acquitted Paul, just as he told him he would. Acts 8, 9 through 10. One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Do not be afraid. Keep speaking. Do not be silent, for I am with you. And no one is going to attack or harm you, because I have many people in the city. So Paul stayed in Corneth for a year and a half, teaching them the word of God. Don't forget, God is with you. Here, as Paul is surrounded by Jews, and they were all in unity, they came and got him. And they were the Jews were waiting for judgment to be upheld of all they knew. The Jewish the Jewish religion at that time was the only licensed religion under the Roman law. And look, look at scripture, look what it says in Acts eight twelve. While Gallio was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews of Corneth made a united attack on Paul and they brought him to a place of judgment. This man, they charged, is persuading the people to worship God in ways contrary to the law. Just as Paul was about to speak, Gallio said to them, If you Jews were making the complaint about some misdemeanor or serious crime, it would be reasonable for me to listen to you. But since it involves questions about words and names and your own law, settle the matter yourselves. I will not be judge of such things. So, he drove them out. Shh, don't speak. Did you catch it? 
just as Paul was about to speak, God spoke for him. And look at what he did. Among such a crowd of men of Jews, God intervened, and the council of the land drove them out. Sometimes God urges us to speak, just like he commanded Paul here, verse 9. When in doubt, shut up and pray. Sometimes God wants us to be quiet and let him speak for us. I don't know about you, and my own mother was the poster child of this amazing truth of God's word. But more often than not, we, I, need to let God handle my confrontations. And like my mom, just be quiet. I need to keep my words to myself. When in doubt, shut up and pray. The danger of arrogance and wickedness. Psalm 73 describes the arrogant and wicked person. This um, is a strong word here. The arrogant and wicked person, verse 8 and 9. They scoff and speak only evil. In their pride, they seek to crush others. They boast against God in heaven with their words they strut about the earth. Psalm 31.26 says, When she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instruction with kindness. Look at the contrary here. Arrogant and wicked person scoffs, speaks evil, and seeks to crush others. Psalm 31.26 speaks with wisdom, instruction, and kindness. You know who she is, right? The virtuous woman, the wife of noble character. What a tangled mess of lies to think our character changes when we're met with ungodly people or evil circumstances in our lives. Friends, circumstances reveal, not decide, our character. Circumstances reveal, not decide, our character. I hear you. You're fed up, aren't you? I know what you're feeling. It wears on us. The constant little things beat us down. I just spoke on the little things. Go back and catch that. So I get it. I've been there. Like yesterday. I should have just shut up and prayed, but I didn't. And why not? I wasn't being unreasonable or wrong. Okay, double check. Let's double check that thought. Truly, honestly, I wasn't wrong. And I wasn't trying to be unkind. The tone of my voice wasn't even there. It was just a simple question. I just went with the flow from an innocent question looking for clarity about something we had just done here at the house. Because of the timing of my question, I was online. And the topic popped up in our neighborhood social media and it clashed with my husband, who was just trying to get his weekend morning coffee. The timing is ill-advised, and I knew it right away. I should have waited. But that little thing that's just so common here is, it's never a good time. Nevertheless, I didn't do myself any favors. 
James 3, 6, the tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It defiles, it corrupts the whole body, and it sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and itself is set on fire by hell. The problem of talking about hard marriages in church. Times that I've been so angry at my husband, and we continue on with life, whatever we're headed to do, a ball game, errands, groceries. Oh, wait, but not church, right? No, we all behave in church as if Christian women don't have problems and frustrations with their husband. Save that for those in counseling because men are so willing to get biblical counsel when their wives ask it of them. Um, that's sarcasm. So forgive me. Christian women are never to speak negatively about their husbands, right? Because that's wrong. No, we should not defame our husband's reputation, nor should we ever speak to someone who isn't a godly, wise, loving woman whose only response would be advice bathed in prayer, God-fearing wisdom, love, and scripture. That's why we're silenced in the church. Gossip runs amok when women slander their unsuspecting husbands and marriages flounder. This has to change. Uh, we will get back to this at another time, but back to defiling the whole body. So times when I've been so angry with my husband, we continue on with, with what we're doing. Anybody with an ear distance to my response, my next words, aren't privy to what has been happening. And so, I sound like a crazy woman, and they look at me just like I am. When I respond to my husband, who is seemingly innocent, having fun, enjoying his time, I really look like the wicked woman I am not. It defies the whole body. James 3, 6, the tongue is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It defiles, corrupts the whole body. It sets the whole course of one's life on fire. Defileth, to stain, to spot, to soil, to spiritually stain. Our tongue is one capable part of our body, isn't it? But as good as it can be used for, when we're using it for the battle of the wills, it's not bringing peace, healing, or honor to our marriage or to the Lord. Instead, we are using our own words against us, spiritually staining our own self. Is it any wonder we feel so low about ourselves when we're in the battle of our marriages? We're not fighting this the way God wants us to. And he does want us to win the battles against evil in our marriages. What do we do with a stain? I kid you not, my husband is famous for this. He'll drop something little teeny on his t-shirt while we're out eating. No one can even see it's there. And then he'll go to the bathroom and come back with a basketball-sized area of water on his shirt. Everyone can see it. He went to get the stain out. And when we get home... He'll saturate it with stain remover and throw it in the washer. 
He's opposed to stains on his shirt. Can you tell? What does God do with our spiritual stains? Psalm 51, 9 through 10. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities, creating me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. God is opposed to stains too. Sisters in Christ, I could give you a list, and my husband has repented since and apologized. I could give you a list over the years where I was fighting in my marriage, completely innocent of the sins which so easily beset us. But I was far from innocent considering the use of my words and my attitude. My words weren't vulgar, but they were hateful. My words weren't lies, but they were not said out of love, and I was not being kind. I was using my words, my tongue, in ways that were corrupting my whole being. And therefore, guess what? I was feeling cruddy in life. But I was internally and externally placing full blame on my husband. And I was wrong. Christian women are not without hope in their marriages. Are we without godly, actionable hope when we're continually faced with our husband's sinful, hurtful choices? No, no, we're not. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 6. You know, the love chapter, right? Verse 6. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. When we meet our reality head on, and we know who is intentionally harming us by their words or lifestyle, we don't love by delighting in their sin against us. Sisters, we don't have to teeter-totter between rejoicing in who our Savior is while trusting what he's doing in and through our struggle with feeling the deep pain it causes us. Praise and pain can coexist. Be encouraged. It's not only okay to find it hard to rejoice in the face of sinful assault. It's a loving response. We rejoice not in evil, but in truth. Amen? So, when we know there's another way, we can talk about it. And we will next week. Lord, renew a right spirit within me. God does not require of us to be sin's doormat, not even for our husband's sin. But this way of handling things doesn't lead him to repentance or change. It doesn't help save our marriage. It ruins us spiritually, emotionally, and physically in the process. Save yourself and save your marriage with your words. Renew a right spirit within me. May this be your prayer today. I will see you here next week. Thank you for being here. God bless you. If you need prayer, email me. Hello at a girl in the middle.com. Till next time.